Welcome to For the Love of Books, a podcast by Culture at NL Libraries. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Culture NL Libraries podcast, For the Love of Books. My name is Chris Wilson and I'm the e-services librarian for Culture NL and today I am joined by Drew Feeney, the librarian at Airdrie and we have got a special guest, not that you are not a special guest, Drew, um, but uh, <laughs> but we do have a special guest from the Airdrie Astronomical Association, William Tennant, who is the curator at Airdrie Observatory. Um, and to we thought we would the reason he's here is because we we thought we'd shine a little light on a bit of a hidden gem within our library service, which is the Airdrie Observatory, which is housed within Airdrie Library. And because of that, this episode is going to be called Skies Above Airdrie. So welcome, guys, to the podcast. How, how are you Hi, today? Chris. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Um, and I thought I'd start off with kind of seeing if we get a little bit about you, William, um, what about your sort of role as the curator and also a little bit about the Airdrie Observatory Association. So do you want to kind of give us a wee quick rundown of what your role is and, and about the club too? Yeah, sure. So I am a, I am um, one of the uh, two curators at the observatory. Um, Hannah Robinson is the uh, is the other one, and we sort of look after on behalf of Cultural NL or North Lanarkshire Councillors are now. I think um, we look after the observatory. And we make sure that everything uh, uh, is looked after, kept uh, spick and span, and uh, up to date. Um, this uh, basically involves us getting a wee bit of training um, from an ex-curator of the observatory, okay. uh, Robert Law, uh, who comes along and shows uh, people how to how to work the telescope. Um, we tend to have open nights, um, which uh, are quite well attended uh, and that people come along to. And we are there to make sure everybody behaves, uh, <laughs> keep everyone in line and uh, give them a good time uh, helping them learn about astronomy and a lot of other things like engineering, science and maths as well. Fantastic. And Andrew, it's quite unique for a library to have an observatory in it. Um, so, so what opportunities does that kind of provided for, for every library kind of different from a sort of traditional normal library setting and things like that? Is, is there any opportunities that's kind of really arose because of the observatory being in the building? Yeah, it's the observatory is absolutely unique, Chris. It is, it's the most special part of the building, and I would argue it's probably the most special part of our service as a whole. Um, I don't know if you know any of the kind of history, and I know we'll maybe talk about that a wee bit more, but the observatory is completely unique. There is nothing else like it. There are only four public observatories in the whole of the UK, all of which are in Scotland, but Airdrie Observatory is the only observatory in the entirety of the United Kingdom that's in a library. And it's also the smallest observatory in the United Kingdom, um, smallest public observatory in the United Kingdom. So there is no other library in the country that you will go in that has an observatory, but we do. So it's an absolutely unique resource and it's, it's a kind of wonderful thing and a wonderful tool to have. As you said in your kind of introduction, Chris, it's one of these sort of hidden gems. Um, I've worked uh, for over 15 years in the Library now and, and you not believe the amount of time people say to us, I never knew this was here. 
Yeah. You know, because it's a unique place and it's an absolutely fabulous kind of selling point for our library, but for our service as a whole as well. As I, as I always say, nothing else, there's nowhere else like it. You'll never go into another library that has one. And we yeah. do. I always remember coming to visit it when I was at school and someone telling me that as well and, and being struck by that, that there's something that special was literally down the road from us. You know, and something that special is still there and it's still fully functioning. And it's with, with our partnership with the Astronomical Association, more people access it now than, than ever have done before. So it's something that we're hugely proud of and something we're never um, shy about promoting as much as we possibly can. Yeah, you mentioned a little bit about the history of the observatory. So I'm, I'm not sure which of the two of you would be the best one that you can ask this question to, but we'll, we'll kind of open it up to the both of you if you want to have a go at it. But um, so, what what is the history of the observatory and the telescope? Because it's quite a historic telescope, I believe, if I'm if I'm right. Yeah, that, that, that's correct. I'll I'll, I'll take the, I'll lead with this, uh, Drew, if you don't mind. I'll, uh, no worries. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you can you can chip in at the end if you uh, if you want to add anything. Um, yeah, the, the, the observatory, um, it was probably quite late um, in the overall scheme of things, uh, way back in, in relative to other observatories over, over the country and, and, and in the world. Uh, it was first built in 1896, and it was located in the original um, public library, and that became the Airdrie Arts Centre. Um, and then it moved to the current position in 1925. So that was, what, 29 years uh, later, it moved to there. And uh, that's when the current telescope was installed. And that replaced uh, the one that had been there uh, since 1896, uh, which is still on show, I think, uh, at, yeah. at the library. Yeah, yeah. So we can, you can still see that. Uh, that, that old one, it's a, it's a bit, a bit smaller, um, and that's the telescope that's there. I think it's been refurbished a couple of times in its history, and uh, the one we have at the moment is a it's a six-inch uh, refractor telescope. And uh, for anyone who doesn't know what that is, the refractor is it's got a big lens up up the end, and you look in and peer through the telescope um, from the other end. Uh, now that's typical of what you would see a pirate using <laughs> on, uh, on a pirate ship. Uh, that's a sort of typical telescope uh, that we have. Um, a nice instrument, um, and it's on a, a nice clockwork mount, uh, which I think was done at the same time as the as the telescope. Uh, unfortunately, it's not quite working, um, but you certainly can see all the mechanism. Uh, and get an idea of how of how all that works. Um, so I'm not really going to go into uh, too much of who did what in the history. Um, the current uh, observatory is obviously um, looked after uh, on behalf of Cultural NL uh, by the Airdrie Astronomical Association. Um, and myself and uh, the co-curator, Hannah um, are both members of that, but we have a, a an excellent um, uh, amount of volunteers um, who give up their time um, to, to look after it as well. Um, and that uh, the dome of the current observatory was updated 
uh, I think it was 20, 2009 or something like that, I think. Yeah, something like that. Um, and that, uh, that, that's what we, we currently have. Um, so I, I think that's about as uh, brings this sort of history from, from the start up to date. Um, I said it was kind of kind of late because obviously there was observatories um, that were built in the 1700s and 1600s and things like that. Um, so 1896 is quite a young <laughs> observatory in the, in the in the scheme of things. Uh, and interestingly, um, when uh, when the observatory was first built in 1896, uh, there was 420 asteroids um, discovered. Um, before that date, uh, and uh, by 1925, um, there were 600 um, asteroids discovered, um, and now we're sitting at something like 800,000. Wow! <laughs> <from this> time. <laughs> so um, the discoveries since the observatory has been uh, been in operation. Uh, has, has been outstanding. Not all discovered by <laughs> Airdrie Observatory. <laughs> um, One or two, maybe. And, or two. and interestingly <laughs> enough, um, the the asteroid um, uh, that was numbered 1896, which is 1896, is called Bia. So <laughs> not named after anything to do with Airdrie, I don't think. <laughs> so that's a couple of interesting facts on, uh, on what was happening at the, uh, when the observatory was, was getting built and uh, operated. One of the things that you mentioned there about with the dome, uh, the, I'm, I'm right, the, the last, um, it was a bit of a challenge to get that fixed, is that, is that right, True. It was kind of yeah. a search to find who was going to fix that for us. It was the do the dome itself as well. We kind of alluded to it. It was about ten, eleven, twelve years, something like this ago, that the dome had been replaced. Now the, the current dome is historically accurate, as was the dome when the library, this particular version of Airdrie Library, was opened in nineteen twenty-five. So the dome is a, a, a copper dome at the moment. Um, but the the dome that we replaced in two thousand and eight, two thousand and nine, was fiberglass because the original dome had it was a temporary fiberglass dome. The original dome had blown off in a storm in the 1970s. So the dome we have just now is as as accurate as was the first dome that was put into Airdrie Library. Um, that was a real challenge to find um, someone who would build an observatory dome. It's not the kind of thing you look up in the yellow pages, you know. <laughs> um, I think but we managed to find a bespoke dome, so it was hand-built for us. I think throughout the history of Airdrie Observatory, it's it's got a long and unbroken history within Airdrie Library. As well, we said, um, the, the building, the library before this current building was in the Arts Centre, which is just around the corner, and that had an observatory as well. And it was a prerequisite of the build of the current Airdrie Library in the 20s that there would be an observatory in here as well. So it was something that was um, huge value was put on it at that point, and yeah. as much value as we have it at the moment. And there's been a long and virtually unbroken history of astronomy and Airdrie and use of the observatory. I think it's, it's kind of worth pointing out here as we're talking about history though as well, that is that our observatory is not just a historical piece, it's very much a living, breathing, working facility. And it's something that has a rich history, but it's a very, very rich and uh, sort of full present as well and future. 
it's something that we use all the time um, during the winter months. Obviously, at the moment with the pandemic, things are a little bit different. But um, in normal years, the observatory, it's a very, very busy winter viewing season that we have. So we have a long history, but we have a, a, a very bright present and a very bright future as well within the building. So um, I think with all of that in mind, it's something that we really do um, want to celebrate as much as we possibly can. Yeah, and and I'm I, I right in thinking there's been quite some some interesting visitors to the to the observatory over the years. Um, some f- fairly famous names and, and things from uh, the astronomy world and 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 further afield too. Yes, that, that's that's correct. We've had uh, uh, three um, Apollo astronauts have, have visited uh, visited Airdrie. Um, uh, one of them, um, Charlie Duke, Duke he. Uh, actually walked on the moon and uh, we've got a, a space at the top of the uh, the stairs uh, of, of the observatory um, where he actually stood and signed his name on the mural, mural in the wall. Uh, so you can actually stand where a person who stood in the moon <laughs> stood. Uh, and signed his name. So that, that's quite an interesting uh, an interesting thing for for visitors to do. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, the other two, the other two visitors, they they didn't actually go into the moon. They were uh, the command module pilots, and one of them was Al Warden, and the other one was Richard Gordon, uh, and they visited over uh, um, 2010 to 2012. Uh, and they obviously they did a lot of um, work in the schools and and the presentations and talks. As well during that time, yeah, it's it's fantastic. There's that it's kind of something in our town or one of our towns that is so well kind of well known for in in the kind of these circles and that they would actually kind of want to come out and, and kind of visit the the observatory in the library, which is fantastic. Um, and now, has there been any kind of recent changes and updates and things like that kind of recently to it? Um, to improve the uh, sort of accessibility to it, of it and the use of it as well, to kind of sort of almost modernise the technology within the, the observatory as well. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's it's been um, we've, we've, we're always evolving in the observatory. There's always something new um, comes on the scene, and there's always something new that we're looking to kind of do with it. So I'm probably thinking, um, was it last year? Well, we added a, a remote viewing system. To the observatory now by definition the observatory is at the highest point of the library um, which means that um, you do have to climb a lot of stairs to get to it I don't know if anyone's visited before but there are a lot of stairs to get there and an Airdrie library being a, a almost a hundred year old building um, it's difficult to kind of you know put lifts in and stair lifts and things like that so um, one of the problems that we had have in recent years was accessibility of viewing the telescope and that anyone with mobility issues or anything like that limited mobility, possibly could find it difficult to reach the observatory. So what we did was um, installed a remote viewing system in the down, one of the downstairs meeting rooms in the library, which means that um, we have a, a viewing screen down there and it means that the system now is capable that what we view on the telescope upstairs in the observatory can be viewed downstairs uh, remotely on a big screen so that we can accommodate much more people um, at the same time um, with groups or anyone who with, that wouldn't fancy to climb up to the observatory up all the stairs can now sit and actually, for, la- for, for better or worse, use the telescope 
yeah. use the telescope and see what the telescope sees remotely. So that has been a real boon for us. It's something that we're only really scratching the surface of now in terms of what we can do with it. Um, another big uh, change we had, we had a new winding mechanism installed in the observatory, and that sounds quite kind of dull, I know it is. But um, <laughs> it's something that uh, it was a, a mechan the mechanism for actually opening the dome itself up. Um, and again, it's one of these things that you do you do need specialists in to do it. Um, so that was installed uh, last year um, or the year before, and it means that it guarantees the sort of accessibility of the observatory and the use of the observatory for the, the length of that, that system itself, which, you know, another 10, 15, 20 years. So that was something that was really kind of critical for us because it means that we're able to use the facility much, much longer than we might have been without replacing such a thing. So those are really the two big things from our point of view that, that we've done in recent years to improve accessibility and to improve the, the sort of visitor experience of the observatory. Mm. And, and, if you, and William, have you, have you guys noticed a, a big kind of change since that has been introduced? Has there been kind of a, quite a good uptake of, of using that and things like that since it's been well, installed? Well, as Drew was indicating there, it was only introduced uh, last year. Um, and uh, we've had a couple of sessions where we've been able to get it up and running. Um, but there has been no, uh, there have been no groups actually visited it yet um, that have used the, the, the facility. Uh, everyone's been able-bodied uh, and able to get up the stairs. Um, but uh, the facility is certainly there, and uh, I think it will be, it will probably come in more to its own um, uh, during the, the, the pandemic that we're, we're going through, and the observatory's not able to open as normal. Uh, so we're looking at various uh, aspects of that and, and bringing it online. Because it's, uh, because it's linked into the network, uh, we can actually do uh, recordings of what we're actually watching on the on the screen. Um, so we're hoping to get um, some views and uh, maybe make a wee comp compilation um, that we can start posting uh, during the year um, as as as, uh, as the things in the sky come up yeah. uh, of interest. Fantastic! That sounds fantastic. And um, well, do you want to give us a wee bit of an uh, idea as to how, what, how would anyone interested in the area astronomical society or, or sorry association get involved with the club and, and kind of what, what's the best way for them to kind of do that? Well, when we're uh, when we're running the open nights at the observatory, um, uh, people come along and uh, we give them all the details. Um, the uh, Airdrie Astronomical Association meets on a Friday in the church uh, next door to the library. Mm -hmm. um, again, they, they were not operating because of, because of COVID-19. Um, but uh, we meet every Friday um, and we invite people along to that. We've also got a website. Um, and I think if you do a search on Airdrie Observatory, it sh that should come up. And uh, you can keep up to date with uh, with what's happening there. And we have a Facebook page, and you can make contact uh, with us uh, through that. Uh, we get a lot of um, uh, messages of people asking things there, and all our members are logged into that. So someone can usually um, provide a response um, uh, that, that, that satisfies people. That's great. Uh, 
help that. So if there's anyone, anyone wants to ask a question, I've seen a bright light in the sky. <laughs> uh, what do they think it is? If they post that there, it should get answered. Um, hopefully correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, that's good. It's nice that there's kind of multiple ways how you to try and kind of sort of interact with the with the, the club and and then kind of get access, access ways into using the, the observatory and things like that as well through that. So, um, but obviously um, at the moment we're living in, in the COVID world, which has ruined everything for everyone in every way possible in terms of how everything's kind of normally running and things like that. Um, what what effect has that had on the, the kind of running of the of the observatory to this point? And and is there any kind of future plans for how can maybe kind of different ways how to kind of use the observatory over time? I know you've kind of touched on that a little bit kind of here and there throughout it so far, but just wondered if maybe what you can expand a little bit in in some way. So, so the observatory. I mean, I mean, obviously, we we traditionally and usually have a, a, a long series of open evenings during the winter months. Our viewing season is roughly from September to maybe March or say, William, something like that. But we that's obviously unfortunately not going to happen this year in person. Um, and and we we do open the observatory for special events. If there's anything particularly special happening in the night sky, then we, we obviously have events for it. But it's not to say that the that the work of the observatory and the work of the Astronomical Association is has stopped as well, far, far from that. As William says, there are loads of ways to can interact um, with the observatory, you know, through the Astronomical Association at the, at the current time, whether that's on Facebook or online or, or the creation of content which we're looking at, um, you know, um, for people to be able to see what the telescope sees via YouTube videos or whatever. There's no reason why um, the, the work of the observatory should stop or has stopped. Um, I, I don't know, as, as a layman in terms of the astronomical side of things, I think the best thing you can do is just go out and look up at the sky yourself, because all of that's there, and, and what you see yourself is what the telescope would see. Obviously, we would get more detail from here, but that's a brilliant point to start, is just to go out and look on a clear night and see what's there and what's above energy, and then you can come in and, and use the resources that William says, and, and maybe ask questions about it, and maybe do a wee bit more research yourself. I would also say um, uh, the best way to do that probably is to come into the library and borrow one of the many, many astronomical kind of works that we have in here, um, because that's a brilliant jumping off point as well. If you have any interest in this, you don't have to um, not pursue that interest because the observatory is closed for the moment. Um, yeah. There are loads of ways to do that. And then when the observatory reopens again, as it will, um, you're well placed to sort of jump on and, and, and take things that much further. Yeah. I suppose it's kind of a bit of a watch the space in terms of what we've kind of got yeah. planned and hopefully, like say, maybe kind of utilising that viewing system and things like that to create kind of content that we'll be able to put out on social media, whether it be on on Facebook or on YouTube and things like that sort of stuff in, in the kind of coming months and things like that to kind of sort of allow that continued use and continued access to keep happening even in these kind of more difficult times to kind of get that access. So... That's weird. And you and you did mention books there. Um so and and we are a library podcast, so I think we do need to touch on books a little bit. Um what I was wondering is there any particular titles that, that could spring to mind as something that would be a, a great kind of jumping off point for people that that's comes to mind. I, I would imagine Airdrie Library is probably the, our best place library for astrono astronomy titles, simply because the yeah. observatory is there. Yeah. Um, 
there are lots. We we do have a, a large um, non-fiction section um, based on astronomy and and kind of astronomical things. Um, because of our unique position as being the, the the library that hosts our unique observatory, there are loads of things there. I can't think of any particular titles off the top of my head, but one that always kind of does stick out is the Stephen Hawking A Brief History of Time. Now that that might be something that's a little bit more sciencey than than simply astronomy, but it's something that. Um, gives a, a, a background and a, 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 a context to a lot of the things that astronomy can then take you into. Um, so that would be a title that I would maybe suggest as a kind of starting off point, but that's just as a librarian. William, as a curator, will have many, many, many more um, <laughs> uh, uh, better and much better kind of options, I'm sure, on that front. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a I was just touching what, you, what you'd said earlier, Drew, and and uh, one of the best things to do is just go outside and look up when it's clear. Um, what uh, we would advise is uh, uh, try and pick a, an area that's quite dark. Um, go up to go up, uh, um, you know, away from some street lights into a park or something even, uh, and you're shielded from from street lights, and you and you just look up. Uh, and a nice clear night, and uh, you'll be amazed at what you see. Um, need a wee bit of patience because your eyes take a wee bit of time to adjust uh, to the darkness. So um, you look up, you might see a few stars, but the longer you look, the more you'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you if you manage to do that, um, you, you can start asking yourself questions and start getting interested in in, in what you're seeing and um, ask. You know what does that mean? What is that? Uh, what is that star? What is that shiny, shiny thing in the in the sky? And they're not all stars; they're planets as well, uh, which you won't recognise it uh, because they all look like stars, uh, apart from the moon, which is an icy, an easy one to spot. And I think everyone. <laughs> would, would not, would not. I think, uh, I, think so, I could even pick that one out. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's quite a, quite a common for the observers to look at. So. Um, yeah, and that, that, that's the first thing. You don't need to buy anything. You don't need to um, uh, go to a book. It's actually, uh, if you look up and wonder at the start and, and just, uh, uh, and, just uh, and say, am I interested in this? You know, I want to know, I want to know more. What is that? Uh, and then start exploring from, from that point of view. Um, there, are, there are a lot of uh, anything, anything by uh, uh, the late great Patrick Moore. Um, very good books, uh, nice, uh, nice and easy to understand. And uh, I, I, I personally like a lot of the the books that um, the publisher Collins does. Uh, they do quite a lot of astronomy books. Um, one quite recent one uh, was uh, a Stargazing Beginners Beginner's Guide to Astronomy. And that was uh, by the Royal Observatory in Greenwich, uh, and that's quite uh, that, that's quite a nice a nice book. Um, but we also have in the uh, in the association we have a broad range of people um, of, of varying varying interest. Uh, a lot of people like the space flight side of, of of space, and a lot of people like the astronomy side of space. And there are a lot of people who are just interested in general science and uh, um, sort of astronomy uh, related uh, related items in physics and uh, there is a 
as space um, space flight and space uh, travel increases um, over the over the years and in the coming years, they're talking talking about having space tourists. Um, people start to uh, expand their horizons, and there's a book that's been uh, released just recently, um, which I've not actually read myself, um, but I've heard the uh, I've heard reviews of it and I've heard readings from it. And it's um, uh, basically Beyond Earth, Earth's Edge uh, by Julie Swarstead. And it's the poetry of spaceflight. Yeah. And it's an anthology of, of poetry from the very first um, launch of uh, Sputnik right the way through to present day and how uh, poets have uh, viewed that. Um, from the sort of sceptical side and the early space race and the, the Apollo moonshots right through to the modern op optimistic uh, outlook of uh, space stations and, and whatnot. So that's a, that's a good book and it's got very little to do with science and, uh, and such like. And if people don't like equations and, uh, and, and black holes and things like that, it's certainly a very good, it brings out the human side and yeah. how we as people interact with the night sky as we have been doing for thousands of years. Um, and coming back to Drew's point about going outside and looking up, uh, that's the best thing uh, uh, you can do from that. That's great, that's fantastic. And um, <clears throat> it's, it's certainly kind of been a, a really interesting wee chat we've had so far. And, and I, and I have heard on the grapevine that, that my four-year-old son may possibly be getting a, a telescope off of Santa this year. So, oh, uh, so, so, we, so we may have a new budding astronomer uh, in, <laughs> in the, the kind of local area as well who might kind of pick up an interest and may have to kind of come visit the observatory at some point soon as well. Fantastic. Um, It'd be more than welcome. That would be brilliant. Yeah. yeah. And so we'll, I, I, would, I would say that that's the, uh, you can post videos and you can look at pictures and, and things like that online, but there's nothing quite like seeing it with your own eyes through yeah. a telescope. Uh, yeah. And when people come to the Airdrie Observatory and have a look through the telescope, but Saturn or, or, or Mars or even the moon for the first time. Uh, it's quite an amazing experience when you see people's faces uh, and they take a double take. Yeah. Uh, you can't believe what they actually see when they look through the telescope. Fantastic. And hopefully uh, with all the changes that we've made to the observatory and the improvements to accessibility, things like that, many more people over the course of time will, will be able to kind of access that and, and kind of have that first little fall in love of, of using the telescope and observing the night sky and things like that. So I think that's kind of near the end of our episode now. Um, which So a big thank you to William and Drew for joining me on for this episode. Um, I thought I would kind of just give a wee touch on a couple of important wee dates coming up for us. Um, Boot Week Scotland is coming up soon. It is from the 16th to the 22nd of November. So we will have a few events, most likely online events, just because of COVID, but uh, but we keep our eye on our website and social media to kind of find out what's going on with that. Um, and um, also, if you have enjoyed the podcast so far, you can kind of let us know how you what you've thought about it, and if you've had had any kind of experience with the, the observatory or whatever, feel free to kind of get in touch on Twitter using the, our podcast hashtag hashtag FLB podcast, or you can drop us an email as well at libraries. At libraryproducast at cockchannel.co.uk. 
And also, if you are interested to kind of find out a wee bit more about the observatory, um, there is a web section on the CultureNL website at culturenl.co.uk slash libraries slash Airdrie-Observatory, or you can go to airdrieobservatory.com as well, which is the Airdrie um, Astronomical Association website as well, so you can kind of find out a little bit more from that. So, but that's all for us, for, for us guys. Thank you very much for listening, and um, again, one final thank you to William for coming to join us, giving your sort of expert opinions of the observatory, and to you as well, Drew, for coming along to this episode as well. We do have more episodes planned, so kind of watch out for them coming soon. But for now, that's all for us, guys. Bye for now. Bye.